Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you are listening to episode 97. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. And so each week we put together a podcast where we try to answer questions that you're wrestling with. And in particular, over the last few weeks, we have been talking about a specific area that a lot of us are wrestling with, and that has to do with our diminished desire for the things of the Lord, our diminished desire for the Lord himself. And so we've been looking at really a series of questions that has to do with really renewing that relationship with the Lord. And so for the last few weeks, we've been talking about repentance. With that comes the issue of confession. So what we're going to talk about today is really what does it mean to confess my sin? What does it mean to confess my sin? Now, you might be saying, well, George, that's pretty simple for me to answer on my own. Why Why do I need to listen to your podcast to figure that out? Because, I mean, everybody knows what it means to confess our sin, We do it all the time. Why even answer that question? Well, the reality is, is that for a lot of us, confessing our sin isn't that simple. In fact, we kind of get to the place where confession is often made without specifically mentioning what our sin is. And what do you mean by that? Well, we have, just to be honest with you, We have certain human tendencies. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm going to give you three of them, okay? Three human tendencies. This is true for me. This is true for most people in general, okay? Here's the first one. We tend to minimize our sin. That's just a natural human reaction. You ever confronted somebody about something they've done? You've confronted them about it, and their natural reaction is to not, well, that kind of first thing they do is say, well, you know, it really isn't that bad. It really didn't matter. You know, those are things that we do to minimize our sin. Now, we do that with human beings. Be honest with you, we do the same thing when we're talking to God. We have a tendency to minimize our sin with God. We don't see it as that important or devastating, okay? Here's the second tendency. This is especially true when we talk about confession. We don't reveal everything. We keep everything close to our chest. We keep our cards close to our chest, so to speak. So we go to God and we know we've sinned. Well, let's, let's back up. 
just like with human beings. We, we go to people, we're being confronted about our sin, and so we don't, we don't know exactly what all they know, so we don't want to tell them everything, so we hold a lot of things back. We just confess what we need to do. We don't reveal everything, and so we do the same thing with God. We, we go to God and we say, God, I've sinned. Well, that's a pretty generic thing to do. I've sinned. What does that mean? Well, you know, I've got this problem, but you don't go into details about the problem. We're, it's kind of like we're thinking God doesn't know what's going on, which is, to be very honest with you, ridiculous, because the reality is, is God knows everything that's going on. So we don't reveal everything. That's the second human tendency. Here's the third human tendency. As we are confessing our sin, we make excuses for them. Again, let's go back to our interaction with someone else. We admit to them, yes, I did this, but, we always use that word but, but I did it because you did this, or this happened, or this guy said this, or I was compelled to do it. A good example of that would be Saul when he's being confronted by Samuel and, and he keeps blaming all these other situations. I think it's 1 Samuel chapter 15. And we do the same thing when we go to God. We confess our sin. God, I, I did this. I did this sin. But it was because of this. And it was because of that. Lord, you didn't do this. So as we're confessing our sins, we make excuses for them. Now, those are our human tendencies. Now, you're saying, okay, George, now, where do we go in the scripture to truly understand confession? Where do we go? Because we're, we're told to confess our sins. We're even told to confess our sins in James to one another, James chapter 5, for healing to take place, he says there. So where do we go? Well, I think where we go is the book of Psalms. And we go to the 51st Psalm, which is David's famous Psalm of Confession concerning his sin with Bathsheba. So let me, let me read to you what David says here. And from this, we're going to draw out some elements of biblical confession. Okay? So notice with me, if you have your Bibles and if you're just listening, notice what it says. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. My sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out my iniquities. 
Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my lips shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then you shall offer bulls on your altar. Wow, what a powerful confession of sin here, especially in light of when you understand the story of what was behind this psalm. David's acknowledging his sin. So here we're going to see six elements of biblical confession. So here's how we're going to answer this. We're going to look at that question, what does it mean to confess my sin? And we're going to look at David's psalm, and we're going to draw out six things. Okay, so let's, let's look at what these six are. Here's the first one. You must move beyond simply stating that you have sinned in a general sense. You and I have a tendency to do that. When we pray to God, we know we got to make confession, like if we're at communion, we're partaking in the Lord's table, there's a time usually where we reflect upon our lives and we confess our sin, we're called to do that. And what we tend to do is, is we tend to confess our sin by just making a simple statement, Lord, forgive me, I've sinned. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you, that is really a general statement. That is not anyway acknowledging anything that you've done. How can I say that? Well, the fact of the matter is, is all of us sin. Every single person sins. The issue isn't that you sin. God knows you sin. The issue is that you are going to him and acknowledging what you've done. So you have to move beyond simply stating that you have sinned in a general sense. You've got to move beyond simply stating that you have sinned in a general sense. Now notice with me the second thing that we see here. You must specifically acknowledge your sins to God. You must specifically acknowledge your sins to God. What do you mean? Well, when you look at verse 1, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Now, David here isn't in this psalm, which is to be read by everyone, acknowledging everything that he's doing here. But the fact of the matter is we understand that he has gone to God and confessed his adultery and his murder. 
of his friend. So the reality is, is that you must specifically acknowledge your sins to God. Now, remember, I said to you, our human tendency is to minimize things. Our human tendency is not to reveal everything. And that's because we have this assumption that the person that we're confessing to doesn't know very much. And so we're only going to reveal what we need to reveal. With that, my friends, when you're talking about God, he knows everything. He knows exactly what you did. He knows exactly why you did it. He knows exactly the condition of your heart. And so when you go to God and make confession of your sins, you've got to move away from talking about it in a general sense. You've got to move to talking about it in a specific sense. And you need to specifically acknowledge your sins, sins, plural, to God. Notice the next thing that David does. Okay, next thing he does. Look at verse 4. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. All right, so here's the third one. You must recognize and confess that you have sinned against God. You must recognize and confess that you have sinned against God. So it's not just enough to go to him and to say to him, look, yeah, I did these things. I'm confessing to you that I did these specific things. You need to acknowledge that you have sinned against God. You've done these things against him. See, that changes it. It's more than just going to him and blurting out your stuff that you've done wrong. It's going to him and acknowledging, God, I have damaged my relationship with you by doing these things. I've sinned against you. You have said, don't do this, but I did it. So you have to confess that you have sinned against God. Here's the fourth thing. You must recognize and confess that you are not good and are bent towards sinning. That's what he says here in verse 5 when he says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. He's talking about, look, I'm not good. I'm bent towards doing this. This is all part of the issue of moving towards repentance, folks. If you just think that in yourself, well, you know, I'm not really that bad. I'm not like that other guy over here. You're never going to really ever deal with the sin in your life. You're not ever going to get to a place of repentance and bearing fruits of repentance. But if you acknowledge, God, I am corrupt. I am bent towards sinning against you. If I'd have you, Lord, I would just keep on sinning. So you must recognize and confess you're not good and are bent towards sinning and are bent towards sinning. Now, here's the fifth one. You must ask God to cleanse you from your sin. You must ask God to cleanse you from your sin. That's where 1 John 1.9 comes in. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when I go to him, I'm saying to him, God, I've done this. I need you to come into my life and clean me up because I'm in bondage to this sin. Because the reality is, folks, a lot of our sins aren't just one-time things that we do. Yes, yeah, some of them are. But a lot of them, to be honest with you, are the things that we continually fall to that are reflective of our character. 
and how we've trained our bodies. And we need help to overcome it. And so you've got to ask God to cleanse you from your sins. Cleanse you from your sins. And he'll tell you. Psalm 119, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto the word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. How, how, where does that come from? God helping you through his word. Here's the sixth thing, the sixth and final thing that's an elephant of biblical confession. You must ask God to create a new heart in your life. You must ask God to create a new heart in your life. Listen to verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So what we're talking about here, folks, is, is that we want God to give us a new heart. Because when, when we talk about heart, the heart that comes out of Old Testament thinking is the center of who you are. And if we're going to achieve the repentance that he's calling us to, then something's got to change within us. And so I'm asking God, God, I'm coming to you. I'm confessing to you my sin. I know that I'm not doing right. I'm sinning against you. I need you to cleanse me. God, I need you to give me a clean heart. I need you to give me a new heart. I need you to change, radically change the center of who I am so that I don't sin against you, that I walk away from this sin. Now, those are an amazing six things. And you might be saying to yourself, as I did when I looked at this, wow, this is a whole lot more than just saying, Father, forgive me, I've sinned, which is what you and I tend to do. To be honest with you, this is really getting nitty-gritty honest with God about the stuff that we're doing wrong and asking him to forgive us, to help us, and to send us in a new direction, to bring us to the place of repentance where we deal with this once and for all and we move on. And you know what the wonderful thing is, folks? The wonderful thing is, is that we know that if we go to him, we can achieve this. We can achieve this because he has broken the power of sin and sins in our life by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Something to think about. Finding Clarity Podcast is really an opportunity to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week we put together a presentation for you, and we try to answer these questions for you. And again, we're focusing on questions that has to do with the whole issue of regaining that desire for the Lord, regaining our focus back on serving him. Because right now we're distracted. Right now we're drifting. And we're to guard our hearts, we're told in Scripture. So we're trying to answer these questions. You're saying, George, hey, I got some questions. How do I get them to you? Well, there are several ways that you can get them to you. First of all, if you attend a service here at the Kerwinsville Christian Church, you just simply need to write down your question, throw it in the offering plate, or come talk to me in person and say, hey, George, I got this question. Would you mind answering it? If by chance you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a church home and you live in Clearfield County, 
and you can drive to our church, we would encourage you to come to our church. We're located in Kerwinsville at 700 State Street, the main street in town here. Our service starts at 1045. You don't need to worry about how you dress because we're a come-as-you-are church. And we would encourage you to come and hear and learn more about Jesus as we seek God together. If you're on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash Podcast and like the page so you can keep up with what's happening here at the podcast. But you can also direct message us there or write on the wall and say, hey, George, I got a question. Can you answer this for me? You can also go to our website, kerwinsvillechristian.org. Simply go to the contact page. You'll see a form that you can fill out, submit it, and we'll get your question. Next week, we're going to move beyond this whole issue of repentance and confession. And we're going to go one step further in our discussion about regaining our desire for the Lord. Because by now, I'm sure some of you are thinking, well, isn't the issue that we need revival? We need God to revive his church. Maybe even some of you are saying, we need God to revive America. Well, the question that we're going to look at next week here on the podcast is, what is biblical revival? What is biblical revival? We hope you listen next week. Until that time, take care.